It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. Today, I have a special guest. He's been on a previous show, Dan Hope, senior reporter for the Ohio State Buckeyes from the 11 Warriors. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, I'm pretty good. So, today we have Dan on here. We're going to talk pretty much everything Ohio State, but before we get into Ohio State, I want to go ahead and, Dan, just get your opinion on the overall, you know, opening weekend of, of the Big Ten. What were your thoughts, takeaways, and kind of how did you feel about the opening weekend of the Big Ten as a conference overall? Yeah, you know, I thought it was a great opening weekend, you know, to have all these teams back, you know, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, of course. I mean, having all these teams playing again, I think it made it feel like college football was full again. So I think that was, you know, a really good thing uh, for the Big Ten. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we kind of got a harsh dose of reality this week with Wisconsin and Nebraska's game being canceled, uh, which is kind of a reminder that COVID-19 still looms over this entire season, and there's still the threat of a game being canceled at any time, and uh, we have to kind of just accept that because, unfortunately, the weekend didn't really leave itself any flexibility. So if a game gets canceled, it's probably not going to be able to be made up, but you know, it, it's kind of out of everyone's control. So, you know, for a, if you're a team like Ohio State or anyone in the Big Ten, you've got to just do everything you possibly can to try to limit your team's chances of getting COVID-19. And you got to hope that everyone else around the conference is doing the same. Right. That was kind of my biggest thing was, you know, we made it through the first weekend and then come, what was it, Sunday night, Monday morning, when they said uh, Wisconsin's quarterback has COVID, I was like, dang, so it is going to hit the Big Ten, you know, I don't know kind of what their thought process was of us starting late, where they thought that would help, Um, just for the simple fact, like you said, we don't have any flexibility, you miss a game, you're probably going to, you know, that's probably it, you're not going to make it up, you know, they didn't really leave us any flexibility, so that was kind of my biggest thing, Um, before we jump into Ohio State, I want to ask you about that team up north, uh, they look pretty impressive in, in their first win. Um, do you typically it's Wisconsin or Penn State for the past few years that have been the biggest threat to Ohio State as far as who could be the Big Ten champion? Do you think that changes that year? Were you at all impressed with Michigan and think maybe they could be the biggest threat to Ohio State winning the Big Ten championship this year? I mean, I thought they played well, but I'm also not going to put too much stock into just one game. You know, I, I don't right. think. I don't think Minnesota has a very good defense. So, you know, I, I thought Joe Milton played really well. I thought their offense was really good. But I think we still got to see as the season progresses. You know, I, I, I still I, – I thought going into Penn State is the biggest threat to Ohio State. So, I still look at this weekend as being, you know, that really big game for Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, unfortunately they've got, you know, this COVID situation now. But – if they're healthy, you know, seeing how well Graham Burke played in week one, if they've got a legit quarterback now, I think that makes that more dangerous. So I, I think all three of those teams, you know, remain the biggest threats. Uh, I think, you know, for Ohio State right now, you've got a chance to beat one of them this weekend. And if you do that, I think you put yourself in a really good position at the top of that Big Ten East. So 
I think that's got to be a focus right now, and we'll see how things progress between now and December with Michigan. Right. So now, speaking of Ohio State and hopefully being the champions of the Big Ten East, we played Nebraska last weekend. Um, what were your biggest thoughts? Like, there were some, there was, I saw some great things, and I saw some things that kind of scared me that I'm not used to seeing from Ohio State. But I'll let you get into that first. What were some of the what were some of the good things you saw from Ohio State, some of the good takeaways you have from that Ohio State versus Nebraska game? Well, I think you got to start with Justin Fields going 20 for 21. I mean, he just about perfect. His only incompletion of the game was almost a touchdown pass to Chris Olave. So uh, I think that you got to start right there. That Justin Fields looked just as good as we expected him to. And I think, you know, that's the biggest reason why we're talking about Ohio State as a national championship contender is because they've got an absolute superstar quarterback, got two elite receivers in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And I think that's the biggest thing that's got to excite you if you're an Ohio State fan, just seeing how good they looked. And, you know, Justin Fields, you know, there's always talk in the offseason about how does Justin Fields take the game to another level? And, you know, to me, it's always difficult to answer those questions because he was already so great last year. But, man, he looked really good on, on Saturday. If he can keep playing that way, Ohio State's going to have a chance to win every game it plays. Right, and that that's kind of the thing is sometimes, like, I, I don't want to say you would thought you would have thought Justin Fields would have hit his peak last year. But, you know, Justin Fields played so great, it would be as long as he continues that, as long as he played as good as he did last year, then I think Ohio State would be fine. And like you said, he's so elite. I mean, he's arguably the best quarterback in the country. Second best, you know, possibly behind Trevor Lawrence. But I think it's a one-two battle for them going into next year's draft over who's the first quarterback taken. But also another another thing was you were saying Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. But what impressed me was just how deep we are at wide receiver. Like, our top two receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, are absolutely stunning. But then to see, you know, uh, Smith and the Jigba with the, with the catch – the toe tap catch, which I don't get how, like that takes a lot of skill and focus. I don't know how he got his foot down, but that was an amazing catch. You know, we're just so deep. We got what, four of the top 10 wide receivers. And you know, those are our second tier guys. And then even to see um, our backup quarterback get a shot, you know, uh, I know Ryan Day apologized to Nebraska because he, you know, he went ahead and put him in and scored that touchdown when he wasn't really thinking about you know, he was just thinking about giving him opportunity, marching down the field to score. He really wasn't thinking about, you know, kind of your condolences to Nebraska for beating them so bad. So I, I definitely think there were a lot of great things on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but kind of my takeaways was defensively and at running. So, like, I'm going to let you get into what you thought was what we're nervous about from seeing from Ohio State. But mine personally were, like, running back were not as elite as we have been. I think we've been spoiled with great running backs in defense, but I'm, I'm definitely gonna let you go ahead and get into what kind of concern, what are some concerns you have with Ohio State? Yeah, I think those are the two. A lot of people are concerned about coming out of a season opener, but you know, starting with the defense, I expect some growing pains for the defense. I mean, you think about what they lost from last year. Ohio State had seven starters from last year who were all selected in this year's NFL draft. So when you're replacing those kind of guys. I think you're going to have some growing pains. And I think Nebraska's got some talent on offense. So I I expect that this defense is not going to be quite as good as it was last year. But I also think it's going to get better as the season progresses, as they get more reps. So certainly go into a game like this against Penn State, you're going to immediately be put to the test. But there wasn't anything I saw from the defense that made me think, oh, my God, this is horrible. Because 
in the second half, they only allowed three points. So they got off to a bad start, and I think that got everybody scared from a jump. But I think as the game progressed, they got better, and I think that's a good sign. In regards to the running backs, I would agree that they were underwhelming. But you know, I also think back to a year ago when J.K. Dobbins only had a mediocre game in the season opener against Florida Atlantic, and I can remember you know some Ohio State fans asking me why Master Teague doesn't play more, and you know is is J.K. overrated? And then we saw what J.K went on to do for the rest of the year. So I'm not going to jump to any conclusions about these running backs after one week. I think, like you said, I think Ohio State has been spoiled with guys like J.K. and Zeke. And I think expecting any of their current running backs this year to be at quite that level, I think that was always going to be a stretch. But I do think, again, just much like the defense, I think as those guys get more comfortable, as they get more reps, I mean, Trey Sturman was playing his first game as a Buckeye. Master Teague was playing his first game coming back from an Achilles injury. So I think as those guys get more reps and get more comfortable, I think we'll start to see them build some momentum and perform better. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I feel. The, 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 geez, the defense coming out was shaky. Um, and, you know, Nebraska kind of punched us in the mouth, scored first, and, you know, the defense was kind of shaky. Like you said, they're going to have growing pains all year. I mean, especially when we, we don't have a guy to replace Okuda. You know, we do have Sean Wade and we do have Zach Harrison as a defensive end. But, you know, I think even – I think the expectation of thinking Zach Harrison is going to fu- continue the trend of each defensive end, each next big, big defensive end Ohio State has had is going to be better. I, I think we might have capped out at Chase Young being arguably the best defensive end we've ever had because that's been another position where we've been spoiled. And I, I remember going back just to Joey Bosa – and then Nick Bosa was coming, and there were people saying Nick Bosa is supposed to be better than his brother. And I'm like, there's no way Joey Bosa completely dominated the Big Ten in college football. So I'm thinking there's no way his little brother is any better, maybe just as good. Nick played, he might have been better than his brother. Then we have Chase Young come along, and they're saying the same thing. You know, Chase Young is better than both the Bosa brothers. And at that point, I'm like, there's no possible way, you know, Nick Bosa was as dominant as they come, and then Chase Young comes, and ultimately he he, he could have possibly had a chance to win a Heisman last year if he didn't get suspended, you know, for a couple games. Like he was on a Heisman, he definitely was on he was on pace to win the Heisman last year. Like if he didn't get suspended, it's very possible that he ended up winning the Heisman. So to see that, like, kind of put Zach Harrison in that ballpark because that is the best defensive end we have, and he is supposed to be the up and coming Chase Young Bosa brothers. But I just think, like, that's a high standard, especially week one. And this isn't your typical week one matchup. Typically, we get to come out and play against Florida A&M, Florida Atlantic, you know, Miami of Ohio, and just kind of, it's a tune-up game, get to beat the mess out of them, come out and win 63-0, things like that. Well, this time, we actually had a conference rival as our opening week, and we go into week two. Instead of playing Oregon in our originally scheduled week two matchup, we play Penn State. So it's not the easiest schedule. You know, Martinez was a good quarterback for Nebraska. McCaffrey came and kind of punched us in the mouth. They put him in at running back, you know, but he's supposed to be the the up-and-coming quarterback at Nebraska. So I don't want to hold too much on our defense. They came, punched us in the mouth. We responded in the second half, like you said. And so ultimately we're going to have growing pains, just hopefully with having a big game coming into this week against Penn State. Hopefully we can put that together or at least our offense can play just as elite. And so I do think everything this year is going to come down to Jason, uh, Justin Fields. And then, like you said, at running back, it is kind of the same thing. Um, we are, It's been from, what, Beanie Wells to Carlos Hyde to Zeke to J.K. Dobbins as far as having elite running backs. And 
I don't think Trey Sermon or Master Teague will amount to that even when they do get comfortable. But if they could come semi-close or just be close to as elite as possible with being a one-two punch, I think this season is going to be on the shoulders of Justin Fields anyway. So I don't think we have to be too concerned about our run game. I think it's going to come down to Justin Fields and our wide receivers. So that is kind of what I've taken away from the game as far as my concerns is hopefully our defense come out a little bit stronger against Penn State because if we go down 14-0, or not 14-0, but if we let them score 14 in the first quarter right away, I don't know if we can recover from that or you don't really want to be in a shootout in week two and then end up losing that game because we're playing, what, eight games scheduled? So one loss can ruin Ohio State's year, especially because we're expected this year to go undefeated. Playing the co- uh, in the college football playoffs, it ultimately, I think everybody's looking forward to a rematch in the national championship, Clemson versus Ohio State. Yeah, I mean that's that's the goal. But like you said, you got to you got to get through Penn State first. You got to get through one week at a time. And I do. I think this is the biggest test of a regular season. And I certainly don't think that there's a a sure win for Ohio State. I mean, we did see Penn State lose to Indiana last week, but I still think Penn State's a really good team. I think you know Penn State made a lot of self-inflicted mistake shooting itself from the foot which cost it against indiana i think penn state will play better it's ohio state's first road game of the year penn state's first home game of the year they very rarely lose at home now they're not going to have the advantage of a whiteout crowd which i think helps ohio state but i still think this is a rep, a step up in competition for ohio state i expect a closer more competitive game for four quarters but i you know i think if you're ohio state like you just this is one of those games you just got to find a way to win. You know, I think you can come out of the season opener and you can nitpick a 35-point win. I think this is a game you just got to go win it. You just, whatever it takes, you go find a way to beat Penn State. If Ohio State beats Penn State, if the Buckeyes can come out of this game 2-0, and they're going to be in the catbird seat in the Big Ten, and I think you'll have reason to feel good about what the Buckeyes are doing. Right, and I think, like, we might show some struggles this year, but I think ultimately the only thing Ohio State does have to do, which isn't an easy task, but they just have to win each week. As long as they win and they finish the end of the season undefeated, we're going to go to the playoffs. Um, Ohio State has that reputation where as long as they win, you can, like you said, you can nitpick a 35-point win. You can nitpick us if we beat Penn State, you know, 24 to 20. You can nitpick all our wins and you can start comparing us to the SEC, but ultimately, like, there's a few elite programs year in and year out, and Ohio State is one of them, especially as far as consistency. I think us, Clemson, and Alabama are the most consistent elite programs year in and year out for the past seven to eight years. Ohio State for even longer, you know, but besides the down period we had after all those suspensions and stuff. But I do think as long as we go undefeated, I think we make it to the college football playoff. And so I'm not too concerned. I'm concerned about Penn State, but you, like you said – the whiteout takes a big advantage that Penn State has over Ohio State. Typically, you know, they do the whiteout, and when they come to Ohio State, typically we do the blackout, especially if it's a night game. And I think that does change. I think that changes the matchup because no fans just means it's, you're going to go out there and it's who wants it more, who's going to play better. And ultimately, I think this year in college football, typically the better teams are going to win. I know, like, we've seen an upset already with Indiana and Penn State, but like, there's no pressure to teams like Indiana. There weren't really, there's really no fans, so they get to just come out there and hopefully ruin Penn State season. That's kind of what a team like Indiana ends up playing for, is just to come out there and ruin Penn State season. And so I don't, I just hope Ohio State doesn't take Penn State lightly, because if you do that, 
You get smacked in the mouth, and it might be hard to recover from it. Um, but with running Justin, we ran Justin Fields a lot last week. I felt like he ran a lot more than than he should have, or than even the the team expected to. Do you think we should cut down on the the options, the read options and stuff, and kind of keep Justin Fields as healthy as possible? Because I really think our season. The expectations for our season, I think, would be over the minute Justin Fields goes down. Yeah, it's a tough one because I think it's part of his game. You know, I think part of what makes Justin Fields so special is his ability to extend plays, is his ability to run. And, you know, if you look back at those runs in the first game, if you look beyond the stats and you actually watch, most of those runs were not called design runs. Most of them were him scrambling, keeping the play alive, and ultimately seeing a path where the best play was for him to take off. So I don't think you want to handcuff Justin Fields. I think, you know, try to make him a pocket passer just to keep him healthy. You take away such a key part of his game that you might affect his overall performance. So I think that's a tough balance. You know, I think, I think the one thing that, you know, you can definitely talk about is, okay, if Ohio State's up by 28 points and before a quarter, maybe now is the time to say, okay, either, either take Justin Fields out of a game altogether or say, okay, let's, Let's not put Justin in situations where he could get into harm's way because you don't want him to get hurt when the game's already decided. But I look to a game like this week against Penn State, you can't be worried about that. you got to be worried about just doing whatever it takes to win and, you know, hope, you know, you obviously, you hold your breath every time Justin Fields runs. You hold your breath every time he takes a hit because you're absolutely right. He is the key to winning an international championship. And if something happens to him, uh, that could all go up in flames. But... I don't think you want to handcuff the way he plays out of fear. Right. And, and yeah, now that you say that, that is true is because, but like, I, I felt like we kept him in a little too long against Nebraska, you know, Saturday, like, like you said, we were up 28. I thought he was going to sit. Like he played one more series in that last series that he ended up playing. I thought, you know, he was going to be done. I didn't expect to see him anymore in the game. And so that is something that I think Ryan Day, I understand what type of coach he is because Urban Meyer was the same way. It was almost kind of like foot foot on the pedal for a majority of the game until maybe the last six to seven minutes. But we're going to keep it going. And if anything, he was the type of coach, you know, where we're going to work on things. Even with our starters, we'll just try some new things, work on things, and kind of get in the handle of preparing for next week's game. So I think Ryan Day is that same way. And so I do think, like, he's going to continue to play Justin Fields how he wants to play Justin Fields. Maybe not, like you said, not call as many design runs. But, hey, you can't tell Justin Fields to just take a sack or drop a knee if he doesn't see an open receiver and sees an open lane up the middle on the outside to get a first down. You can't, you know, you can't do that because ultimately we could end up losing games. So, you know, I definitely, I just, I can't wait for the Ohio State-Penn State game. I'm just, it's has Ohio State coming back, has it changed your view on, like, the college football season this year? Like, has it changed? Because, like me, Ohio State hasn't been playing, so I haven't really been watching it. This this past Saturday was the first Saturday where I was locked in watching, you know, I'm on the West Coast, so Ohio State game started at 9 o'clock, and I watched a game at 12.30, 3.30, and I watched the night game at 5 o'clock. So, ultimately, has, like, Ohio State coming back, has it changed your outlook and excitement on – everybody else around college football and watching their other games? Well, it's like I said, the first question, it, it feels like college football is finally whole again. You know, I, I don't want to disrespect the Pac-12, that's what it sounds like, because they're still not playing until next week. But having the Big Ten back, you know, with the SEC rolling and the ACC and the Big 12, you know, it feels like 
you know, you think of like last Saturday and the amount of games they're on. Like it felt like there were multiple good games on all day. And I think some of those early weeks of the season, like, you know, you, you're, there just weren't that many games on. There just weren't that many teams playing. So it feels like college football is back in full swing, back to everybody playing again. We'll get even better next week when the Pac-12 starts up again. And I, and I think that just makes it, you know, feel like more normal again. I mean, it's going to be a sprint to the finish here once all these teams start because it's already almost November. But the fact that you finally have all these different conferences playing, I think it absolutely takes college football, you know, back to that more normal level, whereas I think before it kind of only felt like a partial product. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to keep you too long. You know, I'm, I appreciate you for coming on today. I, I always love talking Ohio State and especially somebody who covers Ohio State and, and kind of, you know, I definitely hear you have the same passion, probably more passionate than me about Ohio State. So, Dan, I do want to appreciate or I want to tell you I appreciate you for coming on my show today. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. Yeah, so, you know, guys, this is going to close out the episode of Up in Flames. Once again, Dan, thank you for coming on. And on that note, Up in Flames is out. Ah!